Welcome to Product Knowledge, the podcast about designing and marketing products that improve people's lives. I'm Andrea Schwabi, Director of Media Services at Graphos Product. Video, at least television, has been around for 70 years. Color broadcasts started in the 50s, so why are we talking about video as though it's something new and mysterious? We're talking about video because digital marketing has changed the way people watch video. Video is a cool medium. The audience is passive. They feel more or less what they're shown to feel. But emotional manipulation isn't the most effective way to market your new product. In fact, Stephanie Testa thinks the focus should be on authenticity. Stephanie Testa started out as a film and media student with a passion for documentaries. She sold her senior thesis film and moved to New York and worked as a technical consultant on several documentaries. A few years later, Stephanie Testa founded One Glass Video, a production studio focusing on branded entertainment and product videos. Graphos Product CEO Laurier Mandon joined me to speak with Stephanie Testa on the phone from One Glass in New York. Stephanie, do you want to start out by telling us a little bit about what you do and how you got into it? Sure, sure. So um, I studied film in school and then um, pretty quickly after that, uh, in 2007, founded One Glass Video. Um, and that was a time when pre-roll ads were just becoming a thing and digital marketing was skyrocketing. Um, and we just sort of inserted, inserted ourselves into that market. And since then, we've been focused on creating videos for products and brands as part of their online marketing strategies. So, Stephanie, we talk a lot about how people don't purchase a product as much as they hire it to do a really specific job that needs to be done. Can you tell us how video can help consumers connect those dots? Yeah, so video is a great way to communicate the job a product serves. Um, it's it's the most passive method for customers to get information from a brand. So it's a perfect medium for demonstrating the why behind any product. So, you know, you're going to a website or uh, on social media, video grabs the attention. And so using the first few seconds to explain why customers should, quote, hire your product is really important. Um, it gets that message across without any effort on the viewer's part. They don't have to read anything. They don't have to interpret pictures. Um, it's just a really good uh, medium for that. So, you know, usually in the first few seconds of any video, what we'll try to do is address what problems or concerns customers have and offer up the solution in those first few seconds of the video and use the rest to explain how the product will serve them. Yeah, I really love that capability of video is that you can not only show what the product does, but you can show the before, the after, and, and how, it, how it gets from one of those things to the other and, and just how effective it is at doing it, right? You can show the, the joy the user's having. You can, you can bring in so many different things. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Um, at Graphos Product, we work a lot on taking innovative new products to market. Uh, what's your favorite way to introduce a brand new product to a world that's never heard of it on video? Sure. So one of the things that we we talk to about uh, with, with brands who are launching a new product that the world has never seen, we often talk about brand voice and authenticity as being sort of our launching point for the conversation. Um, because finding that brand voice and finding that authentic voice is really important in today's marketing world. Um, you know, the the internet is saturated with video content and having someone speak authentically in a video or having a brand speak authentically in a video really does stand out in, in, in all of that sea of um, salesy videos and things like that. So the way we sort of approach a new a brand new product is to sort of find that voice first. A lot of people seem, a lot of brands seem to be 
um, very anxious to get the details of their product out and just talk about the features and talk about everything that's, that's going to benefit their customers. But I feel like it's really important to find that voice and find what is going to come across as authentic um, because that's what really is going to reach the audience. Yeah, brands work really hard on 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 features and and sometimes can be really distracted with a whole bunch of them too and that's where you know that jobs to be done aspect comes into play and it takes us back to what was it that people were were needing to do when they started looking for this product and how can we show them if this is the right product for them that it's the one that's going to to do exactly that job and one of the nice things about video is that it's intensely shareable so if you do a great job with with creating the video with with telling the brand story then People who who feel it, who resonate, it resonates with, are going to want to to share it with other people who have that kind of need. Um, how can brands leverage that shareability for their products? Yeah, yeah. So that shareability is is really uh, everything for for a, a brand. It's you know free marketing basically. So um, you know to have a to have a brand with, that has content their customers want to share is just really, really a big thing. And the big question is to how to get your audience to share that video. And obviously, you know, you want to start with a good product, you want to lead with an authentic voice, and you want to follow through with like a well-produced, memorable story uh, in, in the form of video. Um, it, there's that sort of ever-elusive viral video that um, a lot of people try to try to hit. Like, for example, I, I don't know if you've heard of the the Dollar Shave Club video. It's kind of an infamous multi-million view video on YouTube. Have you seen it? Yes, I have actually. And, and I shared that with a lot of people when I first saw it for, for that reason, because it was, it took an approach that I'd never seen before at that point where you had, you know, a, a lot of comic moments inserted into, um, in, inserted into the promotion of a product and, and uh, uh, a platform, a method that, that, people hadn't seen before either so it was just that right combination you know at the right time yeah exactly and and i actually had the privilege of speaking with the creators of that video and they they weren't really thinking about it as like how are we going to get a million shares on this they were thinking like let's let's make a quirky video that represents our brand personality and let's do it in a way that we have fun with it um and they did this sort of single shot kind of uh, thing where it was a challenge for them to get all this choreography and, and everything done and they just had fun with it and that came across in the video and that made it shareable because it was authentic it was fun for them and and they made it something that people sort of it was contagious the fun was contagious and people enjoyed it it seems like the the that like when you're talking authenticity in the past in marketing, we, we would talk about manufacturing authenticity. We have to craft it and, and create that message. And now it's very much, like it's not so much even in that example, it's not so much the product itself, it's sort of the joy and the human experience that everyone attaches to. Absolutely. And there is there is still some of that manufactured um, shareability. I don't know if it's as authentic, um, but that the way I see that is, you know, you, you say a brand that's... Um, like a super durable shoe um, and showing that shoe um, getting run over by a car or stepping on a nail, um, that type of thing, you're, you're manufacturing a, um, a moment, but it's attention grabbing. It's you're giving a sense of awe. So there's that other side of things too, um, where it's just sort of eliciting awe in your viewers and, and using that to, to share your message. Right. And, 
does it does it always need to be a polished video? Because a few years ago, this is several years ago now actually, uh, when BlackBerry announced their BlackBerry Passport phone, which was this really odd square screen, everything about it was just kind of unusual. Um, but there was this video surfaced online of a couple of the engineers, and they were standing on this precipice about 30 feet above just a, a paved parking lot or whatever, and they just chucked the phone over and over and over, and nothing happened to it. And BlackBerry fans went completely nuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think a lot of times that there is a lot more that goes into those unpolished videos than meets the eye. Right, um, yeah. I'm sure there were many meetings um, to discuss the best approach. Um, sometimes I'm sure people stumble upon this by accident, but um, a lot of times that 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 is a well-crafted video, just with the authenticity of it appearing like somebody's just whipped out their cell phone and is recording it. Right. Um, we've worked on a number of those types of videos where we want to create that authentic feeling, um, but you still want to to make sure the brand message comes across clearly. Um, and sometimes that's hard to do, just totally off the cuff. I want to ask a few questions about some technical things, but they're kind of not technical. Uh, and it's more about the form of video, and the styles of video have changed over the years. So it used to be everything was 16 by 9. Are we seeing the aspect ratio change? Is it more square? Is that just because of social media and that sort of thing? Yeah, we're shooting uh, We're shooting almost all of our videos now for both 16, 9, and square um, a lot of, you know, on websites and, and YouTube, you're still going to use the 69, but you're, you're going to want to repurpose that video for social media and Instagram. And, um, we often shoot with it in mind, um, to create both versions, um, of that. And then there's also the snapshot, Snapchat, excuse me, vertical, uh, format, which is also, uh, something, something to keep in mind as well. How about the length of videos? What's sort of for a product launch? Is, does it really depend on the product itself, or is it is there sort of a sweet spot for time? Sure. So I would say, I mean, it does vary. Not basically, not necessarily on the product itself, but on where you're posting it. Um, so, for example, like on a crowdfunding uh, campaign, you're going to want to get all of the information there. People are going to want to really trust your brand. They don't want just a glimpse of it. So you want like a three-minute video at least on a crowdfunding page. Um, on an e-commerce site like such as Amazon, you, you want to get to the point pretty quickly. So you're looking at like 30 seconds, 60 seconds, maybe 90 seconds if it's a complex product. Um, and then pre-roll ads, you're looking at more like TV's standard length, like 15 seconds, 30 seconds. Um, and then social media, really the shorter the better. Um, we have created social media videos that are two seconds long. Um, and, you know you really need to get your point across in those first two seconds. Otherwise, the person is just going to keep on scrolling. Right. So uh, I, I would say if I had to pick one, if you're going to make one length of video across all platforms, I would say it probably should be about a minute. With a really strong first few seconds, right? Because you, you need to be able yeah. to, to capture the audience, no matter who they are in, in those first seconds, but especially when it's going into social or into a platform where the the audience is, is, is scrolling through a news feed and, and has to decide if they if they want to watch more than a couple seconds. Are you captioning everything or? Yeah, so that's where I think it depends on the product. Um, we do captioning even when it's just for websites. We don't just do it on social media. A lot of people are browsing websites and crowdfunding campaigns with, you know, at work with, without headphones and they don't want 
the audio playing. So even uh, outside of social media, we do consider captioning for almost every video we do. Um, the thing that sort of influences our decision there is the product. If it's a visual product that really is self-explanatory and it's the visuals that are going to sell it, we don't want to distract them with captions. We don't want them looking and reading and miss the spectacular visuals. But if it's a product that requires a lot of explanation, it doesn't look like much, but you know, it's, you know, it's an app or something that requires a lot of explanation, then that's where we would caption. And typically we don't abbreviate the captions if there's a voiceover because we would aim to write the script to be as concise and compelling as possible. So we would pretty much just caption the exact script. Anything about now I, I started in radio and audio production and I'm finding it a little depressing that we're kind of doing away with a lot of audio uh, in video and things. But is audio a big consideration or is it sort of it's that annoying I'm you know watching it work and I don't want the, the sound blasting? Yeah, I mean, we do still use it and it is definitely um, it is definitely people do still watch it. Um, uh, even on social media, they'll click it on and it's it's definitely important. It's sort of the way we're mixing it has definitely changed because a lot of people are watching on their cell phone, which has like really tinny sounding speakers, and you don't want to spend thousands of dollars on a on a mix that's going to be great for a surround sound system. Um, so the way we sort of approach sound has changed. Um, it's it's definitely something where we make it a little more simple. Um, and the textures are, are, are maybe a little bit lost from, from TV broadcast commercials. Um, but it, it's just approached differently. Yeah, because you have to remember that 80% or, or more of your users, if it's social media especially, are going to be watching with sound off, right? So you have to think sound off first, and then the sound has to be brought in as an enhancement that those people who are listening as well as watching can you know, can can hear and um, I find very often that if I'm watching a video, let's say in LinkedIn, and I and I typically do have the sound off. I'll very often, if I like it, I'll watch it again because I'll want to know what they have for the audio component. But usually, in, for me too, my first experience with the video is sound off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Most people's default settings are are sound off, and they have to go back and put it on. Um, so so yeah, sound off is definitely a very important way to watch any video you post. Thinking about the sort of the art of of creating video, when you're creating a product video, do you think more about how people will use the product or showcasing the product or is it cuz some products are easy to to illustrate how they work and others are a little more difficult. Um, I'm wondering how you contend with that. Um, our approach would be to to tell a story, to um, bring in the audience through like re- relatable scenarios, um, maybe bring in real people or actors posing as real people um, to tell us a story about how this product helps them um, and using them in real life and, you know, showing the benefits of their great sleep um, going about their regular life. And then I think carefully you could show the product because obviously you don't want to buy something without knowing what it is you're buying. Um, you can carefully show the product in moments, but I think showing the benefits and showing a person living their life healthy and happy and full of energy is going to be what sells a product like that. I love how you answered that, Stephanie, because I was thinking exactly the same thing. I was thinking you want to show in a case like that what it's doing for someone's life. You want to give an idea of what what the problem and challenge might already be. And for those people, they already know very well. Um, but how's 
how's it better sleep and and not having a worried spouse and all those other things going to help them to you know how's it going to improve their life their lives by by having that right yeah exactly and i and i think it's a fine line um to to stay away from that sort of pharmaceutical video look um i think people see through those pretty uh pretty well for when it comes to products we saw the stock footage kind of feel of you know a, a man running jogging down the street and at a campfire with their son and you yeah. know all those very stereotypical yeah we're um, all... i think it's a fine a fine line there and telling a more specific story a more real honest authentic story yeah we're all fatigued with that right i think when you know even when we use stock images uh which which still we have to do in marketing a lot um we have to be really aware of those types of fatigue that that audiences have and and try and steer clear of them and and original content is a great way to do that um stephanie i'm, I'm really interested in for our listener who's got a new product an innovative product and they like what they're hearing and they check out oneglassvideo.com and and they see how you work how do they get started with you? What what should somebody do to um, to to start working with you and, and get their great video done? Sure. So our first step of every engagement is to learn as much as we possibly can about the product, the brand, their goals, um, and the approach. And so typically, what we do is we schedule a a thirty minute call to sort of dig into it. Um, obviously. There's a lot of factors as far as where the video is going to end up um, and what they're looking to get out of it. And those are really important to hash out before any creative is developed. Um, it's always really tempting to just jump into ideas and, and, start, and start brainstorming, but it's really important for us to get a sense of what the purpose of the video is and how we can achieve the goals through the, the medium it's being published most effectively. What about the, you know, the the brand that is, you're in New York City. Um, they're located in Europe or Australia, um, far away. And let's say they've got a, a cumbersome product. Do you work with situations like that where they've got to get that product into your studio? Um, how do you work around that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say more than half of our clients are not based in New York City. Um, and we do, um, it just requires a little extra thorough uh, demonstration of the product. Like, for example, we recently uh, did a video for a lawn care product. And being in New York City, none of us know very much about lawn care. <laughs> um, and so we had to do a lot of extra learning um, to, to to understand the product and understand the problems uh, at, at hand. Um, but now we're all experts at caring for lawns that we don't have. <laughs> but uh, that that learning is really important. And, and you know, doing a Skype video uh, during a shoot to be like, you know, is this the way you would use it? Um, just to be extra thorough, because we love having having our clients there to make sure that their their product is being used properly. Um, and any way we can involve them in that process, so so their product looks the best it can on screen, we're, we're happy to to do. Are there any common things or mistakes or caveats that you find yourself warning clients about? Yeah, I would say one of the, one of the most common um, mistakes clients have made before they come to us um, and, and often come to us with this mistake, um, sometimes they, they have an idea that that may be a really good idea and they take it to Fiverr or take it to Upwork and find a really talented animator or uh, photographer to, to shoot something for them because they, 
they have a, a great idea and they, and they hire great talent that really knows what they're doing, but they're missing this sort of overarching storytelling element to it. Um, and so a lot of times I'll, I'll see clients create some really good content, but it's, it's lacking the context. Um, and then that's where they end up uh, calling us and being like, you know, we have this and it's not quite performing the way we want it to. What can we do? Um, and so I think any advice I would have for someone looking to do video, even if you have a great idea um, and think you can, can pull it off, you know, inexpensively doing it with a freelancer or um, with a site like Fiverr, um, I would suggest sort of just having that video professional there to, to give it context, to give it that story, to make it reach your goals. Um, because that's what, you know, that's what people like us do um, every day is to sort of think about those things. I'd like to give the audience a few takeaways for what, if they're thinking about or when they're thinking about launching their product. What are a few things that businesses with a new product should think about in terms of approaching video and telling their story with video? Sure. I would say the first and foremost uh, takeaway I would, I would like to give is, is authenticity, is, is finding that voice and finding that authentic voice because that's really the first and, and fundamental way to reach your audience. Um, beyond that, I would say uh, establishing a problem that your potential customers are facing um, and solving that problem with your product. Um, that conveying that in a video is is what's going to sell products. Um, if if your product has excellent features and you don't explain why that your your consumer needs them, um, it doesn't it doesn't help you. So um, that why would be uh, sort of my second vital thing. Um, and then I guess just beyond that would be to sort of think about overall strategy um, and to not, to not focus too much on, uh, to not have a pinhole view of your product, to sort of step back and uh, work with professionals who can help you bring that strategy together, reach your goals um, effectively through well-crafted storytelling and, uh, well-crafted visuals. That's it for this episode of Product Knowledge and our conversation with Stephanie Testa of One Glass in New York. You can find out more about Stephanie's company, One Glass, by visiting oneglassvideo.com. Visit graphosproduct.com, where you can find out more about Graphos, our services, ideas, more podcasts, and our blog. All our podcasts are transcribed for the deaf and hard of hearing. Reach out on Twitter at Graphos Product or email us through the form on graphosproduct.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Andrea Schwabi.